It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Alex trying to steer around, picked off, centered, they score! Back over to Manny, splits the defense, his shot, he scores! Back in his own end there was Shillington, high collision, VL, centering feed, they score! This is Cuda Confidential, the official podcast of the San Jose Sharks AHL affiliate, the San Jose Barracuda. Here are your hosts, Nick Nolenberger and Joey Goldstein. Welcome to another edition of Cuda Confidential, the official podcast of the San Jose Barracuda, AHL affiliate of the San Jose Sharks. Nick Nolenberger here alongside marketing manager Joey Goldstein, and we're through the preseason meeting that we've got regular season action kicking off this Friday in Ontario against the Ontario Rain. But the last time we spoke, there's been a lot that's went down, including the departure of goaltender Antoine Bebo. So that kind of clarifies where the goalies are at now. You know Andrew Shortridge is going to be here. Of course, Joseph Koronosh. They sent down Zach Sachenko to Orlando. So you've got two goaltenders now. Antoine Bebo heads to Colorado. In exchange, you get defenseman Nicholas Malosh. And it kind of fills a need for the Barracuda on the back end. They were a little bit thin with some players up. And for Bebo, although he was really one of those guys that you love, in the locker room and a guy mm-hmm. that certainly is going to be missed. It gives him another opportunity within Colorado's organization because he was in a log jam at the goaltending position. It was kind of like beat out Aaron Dell or you're going to be, unfortunately, the odd man out, being his age, being with contracts and such. So he goes out to Colorado. I think he'll get a better chance there. He was already told that he'll probably be the number one guy. Now he's got to beat out Hunter Miska to do that, but he'll have a good chance in Colorado to get a lot of games this season. And in case... Uh, it, it, if there's an injury, there's a possibility that he could uh, play pretty quickly in the NHL as well. Before the Barracuda, as we look at Nick Malash, a guy who was the 40th overall pick just a couple of years ago, a big defenseman, a couple of years of AHL experience under his belt. And again, it adds to the depth of the blue line. And it's kind of a revamped blue line as you look at it with the addition of Malash. And then, of course, Trevor Carrick about a month ago for Kyle Wood. You get back Jake Middleton on the back end. Nick DeSimodo had a breakout season last year. And then in the mix is Thomas Gregoire. Keaton Middleton, Jeremy Waugh, so on and so forth. So you feel pretty confident about what you're going to be able to put out, out there on opening night on October 4th down in Ontario with the addition of Malash coming into the fold. Yeah, I think the first thing uh, on the, the whole Antoine Bebo situation, I mean, we kind of, with the goalie situation we were in, we knew something had to change and something was going to come one way or another. I think for 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 Bibbs, it was kind of a similar situation that we ran into with Troy Grosnick where this is a guy who, you know, he was, he was given the opportunities and was promised his opportunities, but these young guys come in and start knocking on the door, and it kind of forces the organization's hand a little bit. So he, you know, to, he, he knew kind of, he knew something was coming, ultimately didn't know where it was going to be. Um, and talking with him, you know, he kind of had a small idea that it might be Colorado, given what their goalie situation looks like. Uh, and like you said, for him to go there, they don't have their goalie pipeline, while there's a lot of guys contracted, They've only got two guys under NHL deals, based on what he told me, and they're both playing for the Avs. So they don't have anybody playing for the Eagles who can be that guy should there be an injury or something like that. So this was a huge move for them, for him to go and be that number one guy. Obviously, he's got to beat out Hunter, Hunter Miska, but he's that guy who, if something happens up top, he's going to be that first guy in line, which is a great opportunity for him because here, 
you know, with the way Corn and Shortridge are, you, you don't know if you're going to be that person, right? Especially if you're trying to split with three other guys. Yeah. So obviously sad to see him go. He's one of the best guys uh, we've had in the locker room. He's a great community guy, does a lot for us. Um, but, you know, wishing, wishing him the best of luck. But then on the flip side, like you said, the having Malash come back and return and really seeing a complete really revamp of the blue line because you got those returning guys with your Trevor Carricks, your Kanishovs, those these guys who are coming in now who are expected to play big roles for us. Uh, really, I mean, again, I think we went into last year carrying eight defensemen too. Uh, we're in a similar boat here. So uh, very strong, very deep on the back end for sure. And that's, I wouldn't even call that the strength of our team right now. And that's a pretty big strength for us. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's a good point, bringing up Kanishoff, another guy who's going to be in the fold and the guy who's been pretty promising so far through his first NHL training camp and leading into exhibition games with both the Sharks and the Barracuda. One last thought on Bebo. You look at Philip Grubauer, of course, is the go-to guy in Colorado last year. They've given him the number one job. Right behind him is Pavel Francis, who we saw last year at the AHL level. I believe he's going to be turning 30 this year. So mm-hmm. more bibs. Again, if he can have a good showing, then he'll have an opportunity um, you know, to potentially to grab a, a spot at the NHL level, which he, he obviously covets, especially at this point in his career mm-hmm. because he's been kind of kicking at the at the camp for the last few years on, on getting more legit shot. He played a couple games with Colorado. But for Milos, certainly an intriguing prospect. It's six foot three, he's over 200 pounds. Again, a high pick just a couple years ago. So for Colorado, the discussion was they were very deep at that position, especially at the NHL level. Milos really wasn't getting to get much of a look, at least in the near future. So he comes out to San Jose, and he's another guy kind of going into the fold. And he's a little bit younger. I think he's just 22 years of yep. age. So certainly uh, I think it's a, an intriguing piece for the Barracuda to have this upcoming season, a guy with some experience. You expect him to take a big leap going into his third year of pro hockey. And he's got a little bit of a winning pedigree. He was part of the Colorado Eagles. Before they come up to the American Hockey League, he won, won a championship a yep. um, in the ECHL. So he's got a bit of a winning pedigree as well. And he knows some of, uh, some of the guys on the roster already. I think he trains with with uh, Jeremy Wadder in the offseason. Substitute so. one French-Canadian guy for another. Yeah, so right. I, remember, I remember the day we got him, the trade happened. Gregoire was talking a little bit. He kind of was familiar with with him a little bit. Didn't know him too well, but uh, he's he seems like he's fitting in well with those guys. Obviously, it helps being able to have guys in the room to speak French with. It's your your natural first, first language, and that's just kind of the way it goes. But uh, I haven't talked to him too much. Seems like a pretty quiet guy overall, but definitely something that's going to help us. I know... Uh, Mike Chase, I was pretty excited to have him. Big kid, right-handed shot, if I'm not mistaken, which is something that we could use definitely uh, in, in the in the system, and then uh, potentially someone who can help out in the power play. I know he's got a little bit of an offensive touch to his game, so we'll see how he uh, how he shakes out here. Yeah, and the Barracuda win both preseason games. First game, they win 3 nothing, which was a very good sign because you make the trade in the morning, which was a little bit odd because you have Malosh walk down the hall to join the Barracuda. Bibbs walks down the hall Bibbs to join the Eagles. Slated. He was on the board. He was, ready. he was supposed to start the game. Yeah, so <laughs> it was a little bit of an interesting, I'd say, 10 hours leading into the game, but uh, very odd to see Bibbs and some Eagles, uh, yeah. you know, workout attire too, just stretching with his new teammates. But um, you make the trade, and then Andrew Shortridge gets to start, a guy that obviously the organization is very high on coming in last year, played one game with the Barracuda. This year, he's expected to split the reps with Yosef Kornosh, who was an all-star last year, has a 21-year-old. He comes in, he makes 24 saves, gets a shutout in his exhibition debut. Not much more you could ask from him. I think the D looked pretty solid in front of him, but he made the necessary saves when called upon. 
including a couple of really good stops. So that was an intriguing sign. And then the Barracuda followed up in day number two with a 5-3 win and maybe a little bit more of a, a loaded lineup in game number two. Actually, it looked more of like what we expect to see mm -hmm. on Friday in Ontario. But you get a 5-3 win um, behind Yosef Kordas. So you win both games, which is certainly a pleasant sight to see. And you get some major contributions from one guy, uh, particularly I thought who really stuck out, was Noah Gregory. He impressed during the rookie showcase down in Southern California, down in Anaheim back in early September. Had a great training camp, played some exhibition games. Clearly his speed, it's fast in the WHL. It's fast even at the NHL level as he shut off in some exhibition games. But he gets a couple goals, was all over the puck throughout both games. Um, and I think he's a guy that... I mean, if he continues to play this way, I don't know how long he's going to be with us in the with the Barracuda in the mm -hmm. AHL. But for now, uh, an exciting piece for Roy Sommer and company to be able to throw out there starting in game number one on Friday. Yeah, I mean, the first preseason game, like you said, three nothing was pretty. It was a pretty dominant game. I feel like Colorado never really got into a rhythm at all. I thought Shortridge was phenomenal, very square on everything. It seemed like he, and listening to him in his his post game interview which unfortunately we didn't get out but uh, <laughs> his he was talking a lot about how he kept trying to just be active and play the puck because a lot of not a lot of action was happening in your end and that can be tough on a goalie not seeing a lot of shots it, it can kind of take you out of the game so it's important to stay involved but he was good yeah the, the power play was phenomenal yep five goals in two games I mean power play over those two games were great that first game was great too it just felt like every time the power play units were out there it was they were all, so much pressure all over the place. Uh, I thought they showed a, showed a little fight from Jacob Graves in his, uh, his little scrap with, the, with, with Colorado. Um, but overall, it just seemed like San Jose was just a lot more confident, had a lot more pressure. Noah Gregor was hands down, I think, the best player on the ice all weekend. Just bigger, faster, and stronger than everybody, it seemed. And you're right, he's going to get a look at some point. I'm I, I said it to, I think I said it to John Gustafson when we were watching one of the games. I'm surprised he didn't get a longer look in camp, to be honest with you, because um, just the way he's, he's looked through our camp, he just looks like he's, he's already taken that step that you wait for a lot of young guys to take. Um, so that's pretty big, too. And then my other big takeaway from uh, the first game was the line of Shemolevsky, Chakovic, and Shellman was a very dominant line. So I, I would imagine that could be something that we see throughout the season with the Barracuda, those three guys on a line. That's a lot of talent, a lot of playmaking, a lot of skill, and a lot of scoring on that one line. That could be something to keep an eye on. Yeah, absolutely. And Shemolevsky and Chikovic already have a rapport having played with each other a couple years ago when they joined mm -hmm. the Barracuda and were part of that big run into the postseason. So, yeah, certainly I think that's almost a, a guarantee to see those two together. And then, yeah, Shulman, as you mentioned, older player who was expected to maybe pull one of those jobs up top of the big club who ends up coming down. And he, I, he's been very impressive. I didn't see yeah. a ton from him necessarily in the preseason for the Sharks and, and during the time I saw him in training camp. Again, it's hard to take a sample from such a small size, right? Um, but so far with the Barracuda. He's very instinctive. He reminds yeah. me a lot of, like, I, I, I guess a little bit to some degree like Marcus Sorensen was when he was with us. He just he played the game smart. He knew where to be. And maybe even a guy like Sumo where – you may not see it on the stats a lot, but he's he's always there. He's always around the puck, and he's, he's he is making plays. It just you know he may not be one of the guys to grab an assist or or score the goal, but he has been really good. Yeah, and I think I mean getting power play time. He's running the blue line on the power play at one point, helping quarterback things. Yeah, they had him on the half wall, which is um, 
kind of an indication of where they feel he's at. And again, an older player, you mentioned Sorensen as a good comp. I think that's a, a great call, having been both from the Swedish Hockey League, um, both, you know, growing up in, in Sweden and, and playing that style of game. There's always an adjustment period coming from a larger playing surface to the much more crowded North American size ice. So these guys, you know, it takes a while for them to get used to it. Sorensen admitted that in his first year in the AHL. It is took him like a mm -hmm. half a year for him to finally kind of get used to what it was all about. It takes a lot more to go to the front of that kind of battle and grind to get points compared to where you can keep it on the perimeter when you're over in Europe. Right. So certainly uh, exciting. Um, some roster cuts. Um, the team sent down players over the last couple of days. It's, it's cut the roster down to 24 players um, for the Barracuda. They're at uh, two goalies now. Sachenko going down. Uh, um, there, there was a handful of reassignments. So Tristan yeah. Langan went down um, the other day as well as Zach Sachenko, Ivan Kozarenkov. Uh, Marcus Veloa down. Um, so kind of shaping up the roster here at the AHL level and, and sending guys down to the ECHL, our unofficial um, affiliate in the Orlando Solar Bears. So um, it, it's good to see the roster kind of take form, what we expect to see on Friday uh, um, from the Barracuda. Now that you've got you know, your two goalies, you've got a set decor and a set forward position. At this point, the roster is solidified for opening night for the NHL. Of course, the Sharks kick off tonight against the Vegas Golden Knights. So we'll see if there's going to be some movement over the next week. It seems to be that way every year. But for now, we've got a roster. For now, it's solidified on both the NHL and AHL level. Yeah, I think what we what we have now is kind of the way it's going to be for a bit. I think at least until Hardim Shimmick is healthy again, I think Mario Ferraro is going to get a pretty healthy look. Uh, and a chance to make his case that he deserves to stay up top. Uh, but I would also think that someone like Tim Heed also is going to get in some games as well to make to prove his case, because I think those are the two guys who may be really competing for that last spot uh, on the Sharks' blue line as far as that seventh defenseman goes. Uh, so we'll see what happens when Simmer gets healthy. But a guy like Leon Bergman is pretty much, I, 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 unless he goes ice cold, I would expect him to stay with the Sharks for a majority of the season. Daniel Yurtaikin, he's another guy who at some point maybe comes down to us if he needs to fine-tune his game. Uh, but for now, I th he's going to stick up top, uh, too. And I think with the suspension that came down for Evander Kane, gives those guys a little bit more uh, breathing room, chance to play a little bit more over these you know, first three games of the year as opposed to maybe having to sit up in the press box and watch. But uh, you got to like what you have on the Barracuda side for sure. Lots of talent. Lots of skill. I mean, I heard Roy say it the other day, talking to the guys, arguably the most skill he's ever had up front in his you know, coaching career here. Uh, and I, I wouldn't disagree with him uh, at all. Yeah. So it's the big thing and the, the thing that they're all trying to drive home with the Sharks brass and, and Joe Will and our coaches is they want to see the guys compete day, night in, night out. And uh, you know, don't, don't ever let up because that's the stuff that everybody watches. The uh, Sharks lineup has been released for tonight, and getting into the lineup to make their NHL debuts will be your Tyken Bergman and Ferraro are all in tonight. That means Ferraro is going to go in for Tim Heat as that final pairing along with Dalton Proud. So congratulations to those three. Yeah. I mean, they had tremendous camps. They're going to get in the NHL lineup. Well, it should be a very hostile environment at T-Mobile Arena. Obviously, mm -hmm. uh, the Knights are looking for a bit of redemption after last yep. year, but... Um, Roster's never quite solidified, but for now they are. And for Ferraro, I mean, tip your cap to him. I mean, they was expect. I think everybody expected him to have a good camp because he's an energizer mm -hmm. bunny. I, I didn't project just because of the depth and I think the they knew. Position. I think they knew he would compete. Yeah. I don't think anybody expected him to run away with the job like he did. I think mm -hmm. somebody. I think they probably would have expected someone like Jake Middleton or uh, Nick DeSimone or even Trevor Carrick to kind of come in and 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 push and say, "Hey, I don't. I I can fill in while." Simmers out, but Ferraro came in and was just 
He's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. And your Tyke at Bergman, I mean, those, those are two guys that are younger players that I think everybody expected them to start with the Barracuda as well. And again, it's kind of like hard knocks, as we say every year with mm -hmm. the NFL. There's players that no one expects, but that's the time in which they can show their worth and show whether they deserve to be there and can compete at the highest level. So, I mean, I love the competition that can yeah. kind of come out of these things. It's a lot of fun. It's always fun watching the young guys and seeing who's going yeah. to come and make a case for himself. I know Bergman was... I mean, watching him in the preseason games, he's just, he's always on the puck. He's always around the action. He's drawing penalties. He's always hustling and working hard and winning battles. And those, those are the things that Pete loves. Yeah. And that's what we've learned. I mean, look at guys like Barkley Goodrow and Melko Carlson. These aren't guys who are very flashy by any means, but they work so hard. And those are the guys that Pete loves to have in the lineup. And Bergman is one of those guys. Yeah, and, and just another note quickly, your Tykins on the top line with Logan Couture, the captain down the middle, and Timo Meyer on the left wing. You've got Bergman with Tomas Schertl and Lukas Radil as the second line. So guys within the top six in terms of lineup. And then a guy we, we almost forgot about a little bit because we just projected him to be in the NHL, but Dylan Gambrell has been all of last year, mm -hmm. at least predominantly all of last year, down with the Barracuda. Of course, scored his first National Hockey League goal in the final playoff game for the Sharks against the St. Louis Blues. So he'll be on that fourth line along with Barkley Goodrow and Melker Carlson. So um, Johnny Brodzinski in there? Johnny Brodzinski, I don't believe he is in tonight. So as I'm looking at the lineup, no, he's not going to be in for uh, opening night tonight. So you get some young players. Um, Leapfrog and Brodzinski was another very exciting, um, you know, training camp guy. I think everybody was excited about mm -hmm. the, the, the way he played um, as well. So um, it should be fun to watch tonight. should be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, one night, note in terms of uh, – roster for the Barracuda. Um, they did make it official today on the signing of Artem Ivan Yoshenkov, who will officially join the team on a one-year AHL contract. I mean, that jersey, he's a big boy, and his name still is wrapping around his shoulders. Um, but uh, he'll be joining the Barracuda on a one-year AHL contract. Of course, was extremely impressive at that rookie showcase down in Anaheim. Led that tournament with four goals, um, and then has been down with the Barracuda at, during training camp. A, a big body, who won a USHL championship last year in Sioux Falls. So I think a nice little addition. I think he's been impressive, and you can't really look beyond uh, the biggest thing about him, and that's his size. He's mm -hmm. six foot three. He's listed two hundred thirty-five pounds. He's thick, thick, thick. Two C's yeah. thick. He's funny too about him is a funny story. He, he's obviously a Russian kid, grew up in Russia, but he was born in Manhattan. His parents were on vacation in <laughs> New York. So he has dual citizenship. He actually has an American passport, if you can believe that. So kind of a funny background story on him. So he'll be in the lineup we expect on Friday. Again, a big body who's been impressive um, during training camp. So uh, that's just a quick, uh, you know, roster note for this the Barracuda heading into Friday. This Russian mafia we got here, it's uh, starting to really <laughs> take shape. We got Ivan Yushenkov, Kanishov, Djokovic, Shemilevsky, Latunov, headed up by Evgeny Nabokov. I mean, it's... Got a lot of guys here. You know, you know, actually, you know who looked, I thought looked really good this weekend in the two games he played was Max Latunov. Yeah. I thought he, he impressed, and I don't know if it's just him getting a little bit more comfortable or I thought maybe, maybe some of it has to do with just him playing with the guys that, like, he's kind of grown up with or the guys that he's gone to camp with, getting just a little bit more comfortable. But I thought he was great, uh, especially on Saturday night. I mean, the goal he scored on the power play was real pretty coming across the goalie's face like that. Uh, but I thought he was in. This is, a, you know, obviously he's on a one-year deal here uh, after being an RFA this past summer. So it's kind of a prove-it year for him. Mm -hmm. But uh, I thought he looked pretty good. 
Yep, I actually asked the coaching staff who they thought looked good, and that was one of the guys they brought up. So that's that's a good sign. I thought he had, you know, as you would expect as a rookie last year, there was times he was certainly playing at a very high level, yeah. other times where you, you almost forgot he was on the ice. I think that goes along with a guy just adjusting from college to the pro game. So this is a big year, like you mentioned, kind of on a prove-it deal for Max and Latunov, but a good start, good couple preseason games. Hopefully he can carry that over into the regular season as well. But uh, well, broadcast coverage starting on Friday, 15 minutes before puck drop at 6.45. You can listen to the Sharks Plus SAP Center app, also at sjbarracuda.com slash listen. And then we're off for a full week until the home opener on October 11th against the San Diego Goals. And I don't know, Joe, you want to fill some folks on kind of the fun stuff that we've got planned yeah. for the whole season, but most uh, importantly for opening night on October 11th. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we'll, we'll as we go along here, we can we break down you know, the big promo nights we have. But the, the home opener is obviously always a, a big one for us because that's the kickoff to the season, right? More importantly this year, it's the kickoff to the fifth anniversary celebration for the Barracuda for this being our, our fifth season here in San Jose. So uh, clear bag giveaways are going to be given to the first 4,000 fans coming in the building. Uh, the, the bags will have Dunkin' Donuts coupons and Safeway coupons stuffed inside of them. Uh, which is perfect because the building is following that clear, the new clear bag policy. So we're following, falling in line with that as well. We'll make sure everybody gets those CUDA branded bags. Uh, so that's probably the, the biggest glaring thing from opening night. But we'll have intermission signings during the second intermission presented by Williams Party Rental, just as we did on select games last year. Uh, no, we, we don't know who's going to participate in that yet, but we will definitely have that going. We'll reveal the fifth anniversary team which everybody voted on uh, over the summer. We've been working on some cool stuff to, to roll that out. Um, those six guys that got voted in are going to be represented on bobbleheads throughout the year, and it's a collector set. All the, the, the bobbleheads will actually connect to each other. The bases all kind of connect like a puzzle. So you're going to want to get all, uh, all three bobbleheads that, are that all six guys are going to be represented. So you'll get to find out who, who made the cut there on opening night. We'll do that during the first intermission, I believe. And then uh, what else do we got? We've got normal $10 parking, which is cheaper than what it normally is. We've got concessions, a, a value concession menu at $5 for the fifth year. That's hot dogs, nachos, pretzels, popcorn for $5. And then what I think is probably the coolest promotion we're running all year. So in the past, we've done $2 beers and $1 hot dogs. We've done that every Friday. Kind of took a step back this year and, and revisited what we wanted to do from a, a food and beverage standpoint. And uh, we're, we're getting rid of the $2 beers and $1 hot dogs. So that no longer exists. But we are replacing that with a promotion that is not just going to run on Friday nights, but it's going to run on Sundays, Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays. Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. So every day of the week. So every day of the week. <laughs> it's going to run every day of the week. It's called the Power Pour. And basically what this is, is uh, if you're familiar with the San Jose Giants, it's very similar to the beer batter promotion. But essentially what we're going to do is anytime the Barracuda score a power play goal during the first or the second period, draft beers are going to be half off for the next 15 minutes. That's domestics. That's also um, you know your your imports or your your craft beers as well. Basically, as long as it's on draft and it's at a concession stand that's open for that Barracuda game, you can get it for half off. So it'll be end up being five fifty or six fifty, depending on which beer you want. Um, all I know is last year we scored forty three power play goals, which is over one per game. 
the year we had our most power play goals, it was 65 or 63 the year we went to the conference finals. That's two per game, just about. And we scored five power play goals this past weekend in two games. So I'll let you do the math out there, but this is going to be something that you guys can capitalize on a lot. Obviously, you got to be 21 years or older. We want you everybody to drink responsibly, but this is a pretty cool promotion that we think everybody's going to really enjoy. And while we know $2 beers and $1 hot dogs were a favorite, having this come in and replace it and be available for all 34 games as opposed to maybe seven or eight during the season, I think is a big, big bonus for everybody. And what it does is it ties fans directly into the game. So they have mm-hmm. a little bit of a maybe a betting interest, for yeah. lack of a better yeah, term, yeah. on what is happening in the game. and. So it should be a lot of fun. I'm excited about something different to change it up. And, again, what's cool about it is before when you had the really cheap Friday night discount, you know, that was just to one type of beer. So now you, if you like different types of beer, I know mm-hmm. people will complain yep. about this specific this is, Yeah, this beer. is open now to everything. to everything. So, you know, you like uh, your craft beers, your IPAs, whatever, then you're able to get it and you're able to get a discount rate. So It'd be nice if I could find a way to get myself off the clock for 15 minutes <laughs> yeah. after we score, but yeah, I don't know if that's possible. I'm didn't try to pull that off. That'd be great. Um so, yeah, exciting stuff. I mean, we're pretty much here. So, Friday, we'll be in Ontario. It'll be game one of the 2019-20 season against the Ontario Reign. This is a Reign group. If you look back to last year, first time they didn't reach the postseason. It was a big step back uh-huh. for them. They're trying to come back in a big way, and they still have what is considered one of the best goaltenders in the AHL, and that's Cal Peterson, which is kind of the expected future for the LA Kings in between the pipes to, to take over maybe one day for Jonathan Quick. He'll be down in the American Hockey League because he just signed Jack Campbell to an extension. He's kind of the odd man out, so we'll be back in the AHL. And if you have good goaltending, you've got a good chance to win. So mm-hmm. it should be a competitive uh, matchup, should be a competitive series all throughout the year, and we expect Ontario to kind of be back in the mix as a more competitive group. We'll see, and then uh, we come back and we take on the San Diego Goals on that opening uh, night at home on October 11th. The Goals team, of course, through the Barracuda face last year um, in the postseason. And Still sour taste in yeah. a lot of people's mouths. I know, yeah. I know Roy's not happy. And the way the season uh, ended I know some of the guys year, yeah. who are here for that series, uh, they're not thrilled with the way that uh, things shaped out with us going down there and kind of, you know, obviously – you split things kind of things kind of fell off the rails a little bit down there, and but that's that's not what anybody wanted. I think the, like I said, the message that everybody's driving home is that compete level, and they felt like they lost that down there. So there's a there's something to prove against San Diego uh, next Friday. So I think uh, we'll we'll see a very t- determined and a very uh, energetic team on yeah. the 11th. For now, we'll uh, wrap this one up. Again, enjoy the Sharks game tonight. Uh, they'll be playing on Friday as well, so hopefully you'll be able to catch both games. Uh, again, you can listen live. We'll have all broadcast coverage starting 15 minutes before puck drop, so that starts at 6.45. You can listen on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app. Simply click the Barracuda page. It'll take you to the main page. Click the matchup for the day, and then the top right corner, it will have a radio icon that you can click on and listen to the live broadcast or you can go to sjbarracuda.com slash listen. But we hope you're able to tune in. And for now, we'll say go Cuda, and hopefully we'll start this season off on the right foot. We'll talk to you guys all next week. Go Cuda. Go Cuda. Go Cuda.